0: See, the book of Hebrews is meant to get at, they were trying to make early Christianity legalistic. They were saying, oh, You could be a Christian if you believe in Jesus, but you need to be circumcised like the Jewish people were. You need to make sure you keep Sabbath. And the writer of the book of Hebrews is like, no, no, no. When you believe in Jesus, you enter into his rest. So really, the stillness that you and I need to find is in Christ
1: himself. Legalism tends to kill intimacy in our relationship with God. As Pastor Daniel shares today, some people require all sorts of rules and regulations to try to force rest upon God's people. However, the Bible has a different perspective. While it's good to take time to sit with our Savior, we need to focus on the time spent with Him, not the space that we need to create to do it. He is the one who will provide the rest we need, exactly how we need it. Now, here's Pastor Daniel with part two of his message, The Need for Intimacy.
0: You see why if we're going to learn the art of living And if we're going to understand how to love God How we have to learn how to find personal places Of stillness and silence Now for those of you who are classically introverted You love hearing this You're like, amen But I'll be honest with you This is not my sweet spot, but I know that I need to find places of stillness and silence. I'm the guy, Lynn will sometimes catch me after the kids go to bed, she'll walk downstairs and I'll have the television on, I'll have something on my computer, I'll have my Kindle open and I'll be playing my bass all at the same time. It's kind of a weird thing. It's kind of the way that I'm wired. And so I'm the kind of person where I can have a TV show on, I can have music on, I can be reading a book and playing my bass, and I'm in a happy place. But I always realize that I can't hear the voice of God when all that's going on. I can enjoy multiple things simultaneously. You have to ask yourself how you are seeking to satisfy your God-given need for intimacy. I am really sure that very few of you are seeking to satisfy it with stillness. But I'm here to tell you, that's where the deepest intimacy is found. It's found where you can get your heart tuned in to the still, small voice of God. Where God, in the midst of the wind and the fire and the earthquake, God can say, I'm right here with you. For some of us, we have buried ourselves in noise. Not bad things, but we've gotten so used to living in a noisy world that we don't know anymore how to hear God's still small voice. And I want to explore that today. The Bible talks a lot about stillness. You're going to be blown away how I show you this. Sabbath is God's way of talking about stillness. Sabbath is God's way of talking about stillness. Now, you realize, if you've read your Bible at all, that the Bible practically begins with the idea of Sabbath, and it runs all the way through your Bible as a very consistent topic. Now, remember... When we first started this series, I told you that if we're loving God, right, we're living upwardly and we're focusing on God, the father, right? And if we're living inwardly, the focus is on God, the son, Jesus, who died and rose again for our sins, that we can see our identity and that living outwardly, we focus on God, the Holy Spirit, who empowers us in the life of God to live and move in this world. Do you remember I explained that to you? Now, if you remember at each one of those, I gave you a very definitive biblical act that happens, that goes along with it. Remember I told you if we're loving God, right, we're living upward, it's God the Father. And that act that we looked at is the act of what? Creation, right? The definitive action of God the Father in conjunction with the Son and the Spirit. But God the Father created everything. And don't miss the fact that on the seventh day of creation, what did God do? He rested. He kept Sabbath. Listen to what it says. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Feel free to turn there with me in your Bible. We often forget. We say, oh, God created everything in seven days. Actually, God created everything in six days. And on the seventh day, God rested. Listen to what it says. Genesis chapter 2, in verse 1. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Now, did you ever think about why God rested on the seventh day? So you think God created everything in six days and he thought to himself, Man, I'm wiped out. I need a spa day. You, know, you can imagine God Father being like, hey, Spirit, can I get some iced tea, please? I mean, I'm just worked over right now. I need to rest my muscles. No, see, God is all powerful. God didn't need a rest day. So why is it important that in the creation of everything that the seventh day is a rest day? I'll tell you Why? who was created on the sixth day? Adam. And what's the first thing that Adam experiences after he's created? Rest. Why? Because God fulfills our need for intimacy in stillness. And there is no doubt that rest absolutely speaks about stillness. See, It was important for Adam to realize when he was created that he didn't have to work at everything but that God was the one who works to will and to do for his good pleasure. That it's God's work to do. See, many of us, when, before you know Jesus, you're trying to work out being right with God, you're trying to do enough good things or you realize you've done so much bad things like, I'm going to pay God back. But then the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ is that we can't do the work. And you're trying as hard as you can to get it right. You're like, Lord, I know you'll love me if I stop doing this. And you try and try and try. And maybe you do stop. But then the next thing comes up. You're like, Lord, I'm going to try it my hardest. And I'm going to grit my teeth. And I'm going to white knuckle this thing to try and make you happy with me. And then all of a sudden, the message of Jesus invades our hearts. And we realize Jesus says, look, you can't do it. And I am doing it for you. And I have finished the work. Amen. Adam experienced that on the very first day that he would know it was not about his work but God's work for him. So on the seventh day of creation, the Lord rested. And it says here in verse 3, and God blessed the seventh day. How beautiful is that? And he sanctified it. He set that day apart because in it, he rested from all his work. See, God blessed and set this day apart. Now, if you fast forward to Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 20, you can turn there with me if you're looking to do your Bible cardio. Those of you who are always here, you realize normally we just go through passages or books of the Bible so you don't get to flip around so you get to get work on your Bible cardio, finding it in your Bible there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, says this, Remember... and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So you move to the time of Moses, the children of Israel, and God says, look, the fourth commandment, when they say the Ten Commandments, the fourth commandment is that you should keep the Sabbath day. And not only you, you can't let anybody work. God instituted a day of stillness for his people. See, because God realized that what would happen is if he didn't make it a global commandment, that what would have gone on is that some dad would be like, look, I'm resting today. Son, daughter, you all go to work. Right? And they stipulate here in the law that nobody is allowed to work. Not your family members, not the people who work at your business. Everybody needs this day of rest. So I always love when someone says, I'm a good person. I keep the Ten Commandments. I'm like, oh, really? Really? They say, really? I'm like, so you keep the Sabbath day, huh? And then they go, excuse me? Yeah, every seventh day, you take the whole day off, right? And not only you, everybody who works for you, everyone in your family. Well, no. I'm like, yeah. Everyone forgets that Sabbath keeping is in the Ten Commandments. Now, Abraham Joshua Heschel, who was a very well-known writer and a civil rights activist, he was also an Orthodox rabbi, In writing about the Sabbath, he said this, which I thought was very, very profound. He says, six days a week, we wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in the soul. The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. What a beautiful picture of the Sabbath that we spend six days working in the world, but the seventh day is the day that we remember that our soul belongs to the Lord. Sabbath is the language of stillness. And if you wanted to, you can search the idea of Sabbath from Genesis to Revelation, and you will find it over and over and over again. So right now, someone's bound to be saying, okay, so Pastor Daniel, so our need for intimacy is satisfied by stillness. Okay. And Sabbath is the way we do stillness. So are you saying that all of us need to take a day off? Is that what this is about? Is this about we need to make sure that we take one day every week off? And the answer to that is you and I need to find stillness in Jesus. You and I need to find stillness in Jesus. I mean, there's an old saying that the answer to every Sunday school question is Jesus. Pastor Bill used to do like a little kid's sermon. Churches used to do that, right? Where the kids were in the service and the kids would come up to the front and the pastor would do the little kid's sermon. I remember when I was a young pastor at Church Planter, they told me to do that and I did and it was horrible. <laughs> After it was over, they said, Pastor Jane, don't ever do that again. And I really like kids, but the kids' sermon didn't go so hot for me. But Pastor Bill was telling me, it was funny, because we had that interview with all the folks who were here for a long time. I, we know there's a lot more of you who should have been in that interview, by the way. Because a lot of you have been here for a long time, but they were telling me that, that when Pastor Bill would ask the kids the question, it didn't matter what the question was, every answer was, Jesus. And you know what? That's a good lesson, because you know what the answer to every question you have really is? It's Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. You say, well, what's a great recipe for chicken parmesan? Jesus isn't necessarily the answer. But I would say that if Jesus was making a chicken parmesan, it would be mighty tasty. Amen? Amen. But you know what I mean? The answer to you and I find stillness in Jesus. Now, how do I know? Well, look at what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, it says this. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. See, the book of Hebrews is meant to get at, they were trying to make early Christianity legalistic. They were saying, oh, You could be a Christian if you believe in Jesus, but you need to be circumcised like the Jewish people were. You need to make sure you keep Sabbath. And the writer of the book of Hebrews is like, no, no, no. When you believe in Jesus, you enter into his rest. So really, the stillness that you and I need to find is in Christ himself, When was the last time you entered into the rest that Jesus bought for you on Calvary's cross? Now, I say that realizing that in everyone's head and heart right now, they're like, ooh. Because in our own lives, we have struggles and we have anxieties and we have hurts and we have things that go on that have an impact on our hearts and on our lives. And then there is Jesus, his perfectly lived life, his death on the cross and the empty tomb. And he says, look, I want you to come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Isn't that what it says in Matthew chapter 11? Jesus came that you and I might find the rest that our souls so deeply need. I want to take a moment now, and I want to talk to those of you who have yet to say yes to Jesus. You're seeking, you're wondering. I know what it's like to try and find intimacy in places other than Jesus. I know what it's like to try and find rest for my soul in things that only prove to be something that creates more restlessness and not less. Those of you who know my story, I didn't grow up in the church and I came to know Jesus at the end of my college experience and had all these experiences where I was trying to find this intimacy, this stillness that only God can provide. And if you're here today, I just want to encourage you to know that when you turn and say yes to Jesus, you will find rest for your soul. It's not that everything's going to be easy. But in the midst of all of the revolutions of life, there is, when Jesus is in your heart, there is a place of refuge for you. But I'm here to tell you, you're only going to experience that if you allow Jesus to be what he's promised to be for you. And I believe that you're here today listening to this message because I believe the reason you are seeking is because you haven't found the rest that you're looking for. And I believe that right now, you're saying there has to be a place of safety, a place of intimacy in relationship, and I really want that. And I am here to tell you that you have to say yes to Jesus. And if you do, you will find that he will give you rest for your soul. And his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. That phrase, it speaks of an animal who is they would call it a beast of burden who they would put a yoke and a burden on and they would do their work. And listen, it's a—it's not a popular picture, but it's a necessary picture because really what the Bible says is that each one of us has a yoke and a burden on our life. And maybe it's your family or maybe it's your health or maybe it's your finances or maybe it's that everything didn't go the way you wanted it to go. Or whatever that is, everybody has this burden that they carry And for many of us, we're feeling weighed down by that burden. Maybe it's the shame of your past. Maybe it's the shame of your family. Maybe you've been successful at everything. And all of it just makes you feel small. Whatever it is, when you come to Jesus, he said, look, I'll give you, I'll yoke with you. I'll give you work to do, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know how Jesus can say that? Because Jesus bears all the burden of the work. See, Jesus can say that my yoke is easy and my burden is light because Jesus is saying, look, I do all the work. I've told this story before. It's one of my favorite stories. I'll never forget. We had this tree that we needed to take down in our backyard, right? And so I got, one of my neighbors said, I got an axe, man. So I went out there. And I had these two axes, right? My son Obadiah and his little buddies, Mark and David. like, can we help? I'm like, yeah. You know? And so sure enough, I got this axe and I'm, you know, I'm doing the best I can. Now I'm not an axe wielding kind of guy. You know, I'm from New Jersey. So this outdoors thing I'm still working on, you know what I mean? And so I'm there and I'm like, I'm getting all the velocity I can. And then the boys are like, hey, can we try? Yeah, yeah. And they're up there and they're like, yeah. You know, and those boys are cool, man. Because they were like, man, we're getting at this tree. You know, and it was like, they weren't doing anything. but they, like, And they were taking their shirts off. I mean, it was just like total like, testosterone little boys, right? And every once in a while, I let them go for a little bit while I'm catching my breath. I'm up there, you know, I'm slamming this thing. And Lynn's looking at me like, what? And I'm like, it's a 21st century, babe. You want to help? She's like, no, no. And the boys come on out. And and it was like three of these guys, man. Just little. They weren't doing anything. It was awesome. Right? And then when the tree finally comes down, right? Who did all the work on that? Me. Did those boys feel like they got something done? Absolutely. That's exactly the way it is with the Lord. See, when you allow Jesus to become part of your life, he does all the heavy lifting, but you get to pick up the ax and you get to get your business going. But he does the work and that's why Jesus can say, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And if you've never said yes to Jesus, you want Jesus to do the heavy lifting. It's not a cop-out. It's wise because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And he came to do that work. And if you're here today and you've already said yes to Jesus, but you feel way down in burden, you need to say, Lord, I need to get under your burden, not my own. Because a lot of us, we say yes to Jesus and we start to follow him and he wants to remove burdens and we're trying to hold on to them. Because in some place in our heart, we think we deserve this burden. And no, let him decide what you are supposed to be linked to and what you are not. So finally, my brothers and sisters, you and I need to learn the art of stillness. You need to learn the art of stillness. As I close this message out, if we're learning the art of living, right? and the way we satisfy our need for intimacy is by stillness, then we need to learn the art of stillness. And I have some pointers, some things that I just want to send in your direction that maybe you want to write down, maybe you want to think about ways that you can experience greater intimacy with God. I heard it said this way, and I thought that this was, pretty great. And I believe this quote is from Pastor Rick Warren from Saddleback Church. It says, we need to depart daily, we need to withdraw weekly, and we need to abandon annually. We need to depart daily or divert daily, excuse me. We need to withdraw weekly and we need to abandon annually. That in every day you need a time of departing or diverting your attention. That every day you need a little space. You need to create a little space to have a different experience because nobody can be all on, all in, all the time. We need to withdraw weekly. The idea of taking a day of rest, not in a legalistic way, but it's healthy for you to take a day where you're not doing 95,000 things.
1: Jesus is... Deep, meaningful rest and peace can only come from Jesus. As we discovered today with Pastor Daniel, we can cast all our worries and burdens on Jesus. As we develop a more intimate relationship with him, his peace will easily flow to us. Jesus is Real Radio
0: is the radio ministry of Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. The messages that you hear each day here on Jesus is Real Radio were produced from messages that Pastor Daniel shared on Sunday mornings and the midweek study. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here. I'm the lead pastor of Crossroads Community Church. I love that God invites all of us to be a part of His family, and I wanted to invite you to be a part of my family of faith in vancouver services on sundays at 9 a.m 11 a.m and 1 p.m or in southwest portland our service on sundays at 10 a.m as well as midweek services wednesday at 7 p.m at both campuses we would love to have you join us and if you're at a distance check us out on our internet campus crossroadslive.tv i look forward to seeing you soon
1: make sure to tune in again as pastor daniel will continue to explain the facets of the art of living by looking at the effect of knowledge in our lives As we learn more about our Creator and His love for us, it will cause a change in our perspective and our worship. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, The Art of Living, next time. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.